Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen. And today I wanted to chat about the Ayurvedic no-nos during the menstrual phase. All right. I cannot believe we're already in August. We are flying through the summer. Um, I feel like it's just going so fast. And I wanted to quickly chat because it's not the topic for today, but I do want you to have this kind of the back of your head. Um, especially if you've been a listener to the podcast for a while, you'll kind of understand what I'm talking about. But um, the next couple of weeks, I want you to pay attention to the Vata season. So in Ayurveda, we start preparing for the Vata season about six weeks ahead of time. And so that transition into the fall, which is I think September 21st is the official first day, but depending on where you live, it's going to look a little different. So just kind of start tuning in and just noticing, Ooh, is it feeling more, more Pitta ish or more Vata ish? And, um, again, that's going to be really dependent on your climate and on what you have going on in your life as well. But, um, start making those practices or those shifts in your lifestyle. If you start noticing, oh yeah, there's a lot more Vata coming up for me right now, or it has already gotten cooler where I'm living, or, um, I'm already feeling maybe if you have kiddos, that back to school energy, all of that. Um, we'll chat a little bit more in depth in a couple of weeks, um, about some of those practices, but I do want you to start kind of leaning into that energy. So today's though, today's topic is another one of my favorites. It's all about the menstrual cycle. Um, and in particular, we're going to talk about the menstrual phase. So this is actually the bleeding phase of your cycle. And Ayurveda has, um, I'm going to go through six kind of tips about what practices to do, maybe not to do. And, um, you know, just to kind of have you optimize your menstrual cycle, because not only are there, you know, our hormones as we've been chatting about the last couple of weeks, but these are practices that will help balance those hormones. Cause in Ayurveda, often the, the diet and the lifestyle, those practices can be kind of, um, shoved to the bottom of things, you know, when we look at it from a Western perspective, but really if we're in alignment with those practices, we won't have those hormone issues. Um, cause stress is a really big contributor to, imbalances in the menstrual cycle. And so these, these are some things that I would suggest to, um, just take a look at. And if you have strong feelings about one, and I'm going to chat about the very last one I share, I had someone have some strong feelings about, um, online when I shared it. And so I want to kind of break those down because those are often, um, some of our hidden blinders. And I know from personal experience, and I know from personal, like walls that I threw up when I heard some of these, I'm like, no, 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 I can't possibly do X, Y, Z. All right. So let's dive in tip. Number one, what can we do during that menstrual phase? So this is a do not a don't, I would love for you to have more rice bowls. So rice in Ayurveda is a very grounding, nourishing, and, um, helps boost the Agni or that digestive fire. And so simply what that means is you would have like your Basmati rice, your Jasmine rice, um, whatever rice you enjoy. And you'd have maybe some vegetables cooked ideally, especially during your bleeding phase. Cause we want that grounding, easy to digest foods. Um, and we want to have maybe some healthy fats in there. So maybe you throw in some avocado or you make your own dressing. Um, and then you might throw in some beans or some legumes, whatever is easy for you to digest. And that would be a nice little rice bowl. So that would be your lunch, your dinner. I also am a fan of broths. And so bone broth, you can totally have, I have this immunity broth. I think if you just go on Pinterest, you'll find some amazing immunity broth that if you're not a meat eater, um, you know, they usually have some mushrooms in it, some, maybe some beets, carrots, celery, and it's kind of the same premise. Only water is your base. There's no bones in there. 
stuff like that, that is um, going to really help nourish the womb space. So if we think about that, like if we have cramps or if we have maybe, you know, we all kind of have that, like, oh, I can feel, I can feel it. Like my womb just feels like, yep, it's ready to release. So if you have that, you know, having those nourishing foods are going to help rather than the coffee. And I say that from my own personal experience, because that, that caffeine that can make things worse rather than better. So enjoying those nice grounding teas or warm water um, is best. Now, another do is get plenty of rest. So now is the time not to do all of the things. Um, if you know, like, Hey, I'm going to be bleeding in a couple days and your friends are like, Oh, I want to go on this five-day retreat. And they're not the type of friends who are like, Hey, I want to chill. They're the type of friends that are going to do all of the activities while they're on this retreat. That might not be the best thing for you. You know, like I have friends who are totally cool. Like the last time I went on a retreat, I was bleeding and, um, it was so nourishing because these friends totally got it. Like we openly talk about our periods and, um, you know, what we need and what would help us feel nourished. And so that group of friends totally feel comfortable sharing that with, and knowing that I needing that I need rest. Um, you know, whereas other friends might not be as like understanding, or that's just not, that's not how I vibe with them. And so that's not going to be something that, um, that would not maybe be the group of friends I would want to go on if I knew I was going to be bleeding and have that lower energy. Um, and why, because during our bleeding phase, that Vata is actually predominant. And so that's when we tend to overdo it and we get frazzled, anxious. And then maybe during the ovulation time, when we're supposed to have the energy, we end up not having any. So this can also be the time where you might feel that Vata energy and it might look like, Hey, I actually have a ton of energy right now. I really want to do all the things I would advise not to, I would advise you to really, you know, look at it and say, Hey, is this a Vata imbalance that is trying to rear its head up? Or, you know, do I actually need, um, to honor that and burn off some of this energy? So just kind of really getting to know yourself there, because, um, often for me, it is it's the first one where it is the, the Vata is trying to rear its head up and is trying to push me into an imbalance. And so I have to be, um, I have to kind of monitor that. So I don't do too much. So if you're, maybe if you're a fellow Pitta who loves to do all the things and loves to be productive, and it's hard for you to sit down and rest, um, this would be a challenge for you each month, but like, okay, yeah, for those first couple days, I for sure, I'm going to rest. And usually for myself, um, just because my bleed phase is three or four days, um, not typically longer than that. And usually the first two days are heavy and then it gets lighter. So by day four, I'm usually feeling like, yep, I can start doing more things. And sometimes day three just depends on the month. So get to know yourself and get to know your cycle and you'll find your kind of rhythm there. So next up more practices to, I should say, these aren't all to avoid because this one is also to do, but meditation, pranayama, grounding practices. So again, those are all going to help balance that Vata time, you know, taking time to connect to your intuition and to listen to your body. This is the time where we feel those great ideas arising. We start to feel, oh my goodness, like I have a great business idea, or, you know, maybe you're like, oh, I would love to redecorate this room. And this is what it's going to look like. So you start writing down those ideas. You don't act on them. You just write them down. So then once the, once the follicular and ovulation phase hit, you might start to act on those or um, implement some of the stuff that you've came up with during this time. So that's kind of what I like to use for those um, grounding practices is to really help, help my Vata stay in check. Now here are some no's. So this one is going to be avoid spicy foods, nightshades, junk foods, and sugar. So why? They all increase heat and inflammation in your body at this time. 
So, you know, if you're thinking, okay, I have a lot of cramps or, um, you know, you feel bloated, you have trouble pooping at this phase. These were all things that, okay, did I have too much spicy foods, the nightshades, junk food, sugar, all of those things, um, caffeine, alcohol, those can all lead to inflammation in the body. And so that's going to further make things get a little sticky and a little stuck. And so that's one that I know for myself, I can tell if I've overdone it with the coffee, cause I'm not a big spicy for food person. Um, I don't do too many nightshades either just cause my husband doesn't prefer those. Um, and then junk food, it's not necessarily, I'm not a huge junk food person. Um, so typically it's my caffeine <laughs> intake. And so I'm like, okay, I got to make sure it's, you know, one cup of coffee a day. And for me, that, that next cycle phase, I want to say it was the, the last cycle I had, I was like, oh my gosh, there's no, absolutely no symptoms. You know, sometimes I'll have a mild cramp or I'll just have like just a mild, maybe a little bit of a headache. Um, you know, but then whenever I have those cycles where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What did I do? Well, I did all of these practices. I made sure I was grounding and I was made sure I kept my Vata in check. Um, and that helps myself. So start to kind of play your own detective there. Another one, um, another do, I guess, is to ease sugar cravings. So I have a coconut fennel recipe and I have it on this blog post. So just head to this website, but I'll just kind of quick tell you what's in it because it's not too many ingredients. Um, but it's one part fennel seeds. You want to use a mortar and pestle to kind of chop those up. You want one part shredded coconut, one part ground almonds, and then half a part of a brown sugar or rock sugar. So what that means um, herbally, so the one part would be like, okay, it's a one to one to one to half. So my first three, my fennel, my shredded coconut and almonds, I would maybe use half a teaspoon. Let's just do, let's do a better measurement. I would say a teaspoon. And then my half part of the brown sugar, I would do half a teaspoon. So I have the one teaspoon for the one part and then half of that for my half part. I would blend all those together and then you can use it to season your foods. You can take a scoop um, if you're feeling those sugar cravings. So if you're someone who, especially that late luteal phase, it's going to be the couple days right before you bleed. You're like, oh yeah, I really, I really have those sugar cravings. And you, maybe you have the ice cream and the cookies and the things that maybe make that inflammation worse. This would be an option to kind of sprinkle onto foods. Or again, some people will just do a spoonful. So, and that fennel, it's going to slow you down. So you're not going to have probably a ton of spoonfuls because the fennel gives it enough of that, that bite and that digestive juices flowing that you're not going to, you're not going to overindulge here. So maybe you make like a whole, a cup of this and you keep it somewhere um, and you keep it in a storage container for, for a couple months. All right. Now the last one. So this is the one I had some pushback on. And personally, it's one that I've had my own pushback on that I've totally worked through. Um, so let's chat about this. Not exercising. Ah! So if you have to, in quotations, to do something, um, one, a look at that. If you, cause this was me, if I have to do something, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't, I will ruin my, my goals. I will ruin my programming. Well, if you need to do something, take a light walk, restorative yoga, those are best. Try not to do your full blown workout. So your body's already doing a ton right now. It's bleeding. Um, you know, give it a rest. You can pick it up on days three or four when your energy starts to feel better and that heavy bleeding is complete. So I'm not even saying that you have to rest all four days or five days or whatever, six days, however many days you bleed. But I'm saying those heavy days that you're bleeding, take the days off. You know, you don't need to exercise. You don't need to push it. Now, this is one that ironically, it was a male that gave me pushback on this online. I ended up blocking him because he was, he went off in a spiral. I'm pretty sure it was a bot, but I was trying to engage. Cause I was like, Oh, this is a great question. But then it turned 
mean and body. And I was like, yeah, no. Okay. Don't want that energy on my Instagram page. So what he had said though, he was like, well, it's really good to have blood flow going during this time. Cause you don't want things to get stuck and stagnant. Totally. And that's, that's definitely the Western take on it is yeah. Keep things moving. But in the Eastern take, it is not necessarily what Ayurveda recommends, you know, that we recommend rest. And it's not saying again, that it, you have to rest the entire time. But when we think about it, most of us don't really want to do a hardcore workout. And I say this because I've been a trainer for so many years and had clients on their first couple of days. And a lot of them will ask to do yoga because you just don't feel like jumping around and lifting heavy weights during day one. Um, and typically when they do, often we have issues later in the cycle and later during the workouts are like, Oh, I just don't feel great. So I'm a big fan again, of resting those first couple of days. We don't need to push through. And if you have that, that kind of story in the back of your head where you're like, yes, I do have to, um, or everything's going to fall apart. Examine that story. Where did that story come from? Why are you telling yourself this? Um, this is stuff that I had to personally do because some of the stuff that Ayurveda recommended when I first was learning about it, it was, it was contraindicated or not, not at all what, you know, my, my Western, you know, personal training background had said about lots of things. And so I had to really re-examine my own beliefs and just be like, okay, why am I so clinging to this belief? What is this belief giving to me? And, um, you know, sometimes actually a lot of it has fallen to the wayside. A lot of my old beliefs have been, you know, I've really, I've seen the magic of Ayurveda as a system. And, um, you know, the more I learn about it, I am constantly learning. I'm constantly, um, learning from different teachers and signing up for their, their programs and learning more specifically. Um, right now I'm interested in the menstrual cycle and fertility pre-postpartum, all of those things is, has been my specialty. And since I've got a good foundation of my Ayurvedic background, that's where I've been really diving deeper into hormones. You know, I really want to know more about the perimenopause, menopause, all of these things are stuff that I'm interested in. So I'm seeking out teachers um, who have that wisdom. And so some of those previous beliefs that I had uh, from my background as a personal trainer have definitely been challenged because that they just don't agree. You know, they don't, they're not in alignment there. And so I've had to really take note of that. And I have seen my own shift. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably seen that, that shift in the way I talk about things on here. Um, and that's, that's great. I think everyone should be evolving and just kind of constantly looking and saying, okay, where did this come from? So if you're clinging to any of these, if you're like, no way, there's no way I could rest, um, for one day, really examine that, you know, why are you, why, why <laughs> really would be my first question. Why do you say that? Um, and then kind of sit with that and just see what comes up. Um, you know, and I started with a day before I moved it to two days before I felt comfortable saying, yeah, some days I need three days of rest. Um, and typically for me, I don't need more than three days. Usually my three days does it. So see what that is for you. The more you can really just kind of, um, notice these things each month, the more you're going to have your, your benefits from resting and tuning into your body. So if this is stuff that you want to um, go deeper with, I am going to be running a five-day live coaching class. It's called the menstrual cycle immersion. It's going to be free and it's going to be September 5th through the 9th. So I think it starts on Labor Day Monday, but we're going to do a live coaching call on the 8th. So on September 8th, it's going to be the live coaching call. I'm going to pop in and do some Facebook lives, which I did um, the last time I ran my five-day course. And I love this because I want to teach you all about each of these four phases in more depth. And then we're going to kind of put it all together and how to live that cyclical life. So if that's something that 
um, is of interest to you, definitely check out the menstrual cycle immersion. I have it down on my homepage. Um, so you can join that, the free five day program. Um, you'll have a welcome email and you can kind of pop into the Facebook group already. If you're in there early and ask questions, I am so pumped for this program and to, to help people really understand their menstrual cycles. Cause that is my, that is my passion. Um, especially if you're, if you're a mom and you have a teenager, I've had a lot of people who've had teenagers really say that this has helped because they can help, um, you know, point this in the direction of their child, or they have some more information. So then they can give this to their, to their child. Or, um, like I've had many people give my book to their teenagers and that has been something I did not expect. And so I'm super, super excited to kind of share this information out there again in this free, um, five-day program. So I will put it in the show notes as well, if you're interested in signing up, but I can't wait to, um, teach that class in a few weeks. Otherwise, again, your, my challenge, I guess, for you out for you all this week is to really notice, um, what's coming up with that Bata dosha. So pay attention as we're kind of in the almost end of summer, you know, what dosha is dominant for you right now? Is it the Pitta, Vata, or maybe it's the Kapha. So kind of pay attention to that. And what lifestyle tweaks do you need to help get yourself in balance? All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.